Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Northern and Southern Kingdoms as we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 20. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So now we're going to start bouncing back and forth from the Northern Kingdom to the Southern Kingdom. So uh, you're going to have to watch, and I'll try to uh, bring the the changes for you so that you know when you're in the north and you know when you're in the south. So meanwhile, back at the ranch, in Judah, in Jerusalem, the descendant of Solomon, Rehoboam, in the southern kingdom. He was 41 years old. He reigned for 17 years. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they committed above all that their fathers had done. For they began to build high places and images and groves on every high hill under every green tree. And there were also sodomites in the land. And they did according to all of the abomination of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. When the morals of a nation sink so low that the people have such bravado in their sin that they begin to publicly flaunt their perversion and sin, that nation is ripening for judgment even as was Sodom and Gomorrah. I fear for our nation and we need to pray. I do feel that we as a church should not hate these people who have chosen this lifestyle. But as a church, we cannot accept them either. We pray for them that they might have a true conversion and be born again and turn from that wickedness and follow and serve the Lord but we surely can have no real fellowship with them lest we be partakers of their unrighteous deeds. So, still now in Judah, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, in the fifth year of his reign, Shishak, who was the king of Egypt, invaded the land, and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. So all of this tremendous loot that Solomon had had brought together was now ripped off by the king of Egypt. That's one of the tough things about having a lot is that there's always someone out to rip you off. I have a friend who is involved with the mafia and He was sharing with me how that there is sort of a big roll of money that just moves around the circles. He said, we all know where it is. He said, every once in a while, I get hold of it. And he said, when I have it, he says, man, I'm just, you know, just loaded. And he says, but whenever I have it, he said, 
all of the guys out there are figuring some scam or some way to get it away from me. And he said, ultimately, I fall to one of their scams and they rip it off and then they have it for a while and then we're all figuring out some scam to rip it off from them. And he said, this big wad of money just keeps moving around in the circle and we each get to hold it every once in a while. But he said, it's just all of us ripping off each other constantly that we might hold this money for a time. And, and while I was talking to him, it happened to be the time that he had it, and he opened his safe and showed me this tremendous amount of money. And he said, but I won't have it for long. He said, sooner or later, they're going to get to me with some scam. And he said, they'll take it from me. Now, here was all of this treasure that Solomon amasses. So all of the greedy kings around, they wow, you know. You become the prime target. And so he gets ripped off, and they take it down to Egypt. So then everybody knows it's in Egypt, so they're going to start, you know, ripping off the Egyptians then. So Rehoboam made brass shields. Remember, Solomon made these gold shields, three pounds of gold per shield. But he replaced them. Rehoboam replaced the shields with brass shields. Now, brass is always a symbol of, of judgment. And it really is, is the beginning of God's judgment because of their turning away from the Lord. And so it came to pass when the king went into the house of the Lord that the guard bare them and brought them back to the guard's chamber. And the rest of the acts of Rehoboam, all that he did, are written in the chronicles of the kings of Israel. So we'll get those when we get to chronicles, or the kings of Judah, rather. And we do have the chronicles of the kings of Judah. Now there were wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days. Rehoboam slept with his fathers. He was buried in the city of David, and his Abijam, his son, reigned in his stead. Now it is interesting that they both men named their sons the same thing. However, Abijah, or Abijah and Abijam, they're, they're close to the same thing. They mean this, uh, the this, this same. He is called Abijah later on. So, uh, but the king of Jeroboam died. The king of Rehoboam, Abijah, or Abijam, became the king in his father's stead. And he reigned for three years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the sins which his father had done before him. His heart was not completely towards the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord gave him the lamp in Jerusalem to set his son after him and establish Jerusalem because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded in all the days of his life except in the case of Bathsheba, the matter of Uriah the Hittite. That's the place where David stumbled and fell badly. Now there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. The rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did they also are in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah, so we'll get more on Abijam later. And Abijam slept with his fathers. They buried him in the city of David, and Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. Now, in the 20th year of Jeroboam, so Abijam had a very short reign, and still in Judah, Asa now reigned over Judah. 41 years he reigned in Judah, and Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as David his father, and he took away the Sodomites, 
out of the land in part of his reformation. He removed all of the idols which his father had made. He also got rid of his mother from being the queen because she had made an idol in a grove and he destroyed her idol and burned it there near the brook Kidron. And the high places, however, were not removed. However, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all of his days. And he brought in the things which his father had dedicated and the things which he himself had dedicated into the house of the Lord, silver gold vessels. Now there was war between Asa and Basha, the king of Israel, all of their days. So at the time of Asa, remember, he reigned for 41 days. And so Basha became the king over Israel up in the northern tribes. And Basha, the king of Israel, came against Judah, and he started building the city of Ramah, which is the present-day city of Ramallah, which he intended to be a fortified city, and he was going to cut off all of the supplies that were coming in to Jerusalem. So Asa took the silver and gold out of the temple, and he sent it up to Syria, to Ben-Hadad, who at this time was ruling over Syria. And he said, we have a mutual defense pact, and I'm asking you now to honor it. Take this silver and gold, and I want you to attack Basha, the king of Israel. And so this, uh, the Syrians attacked up in the north part, the city of Dan, up around the Golan, began to take the cities. They actually invaded all the way down to Sinareth, which is Galilee, or the Sea of Galilee, the area of Naphtali and all. And when Basha heard that they had been invaded from the north, he took his troops from the building of this fortified city of Ramah, and they went to face the Syrians. And of course, then Asa came out with his men, and they took all of the materials that had brought for this fortified city, and they built a couple of cities with it, but Basha did not return. Now, it seemed like brilliant strategy, and yet, as we get into Chronicles, uh, we find that God rebuked Asa for this. And uh, Chronicles does expand upon Asa's reign so much more, and we'll find some very fascinating and interesting lessons concerning King Asa when we get to the Chronicles. Now, in his later years, he became diseased in his feet, and he, and he died of this foot disease. In Chronicles, there is an intimation that because he sought the aid of the physicians and inquired not of the Lord, he died of the disease. In other words, the intimation is that had he really just prayed and asked God, God would have healed him. But uh, his heart was turned from the Lord in the later years. So Asa slept with his father, and Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. Now, shift gears, go back to Israel. Northern tribe again. Now we leave the southern tribe. We've had a, a succession of kings, Rehoboam, and then Abijam, his son, reigning for three years. Basha taking over. I mean, not Basha, but Asa taking over. And then Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa. Now back in the northern kingdom, Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, and Jeroboam was the one that God had prophesied against, began to reign over Israel in the second year of Asa, the king of Judah, and he reigned for only two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He walked in the way of his father, 
and in the sins wherein his father caused Israel to sin. And Basha, the son of Ahijah of the house of Ishkar, conspired against him. So here's the third Ahijah we have here. And Basha smote him at Gibbethon. In the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, did Basha slay him, and he reigned in his stead. And it came to pass when he reigned that he smote all of the house of Jeroboam. He not, did not leave any that breathed until he had destroyed the entire descendants, even as the word of the Lord had come to him by Ahijah, the prophet from Shiloh. Because of the sins of Jeroboam, whereby he sinned, made Israel to sin, and the provocation whereby he provoked the Lord to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab are in the books that we don't have, the books of Chronicles of Israel. And there was war between Asa and Basha, the king of Israel, all their days. And in the third year of Asa, Basha began to reign over Israel, and he reigned for 24 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam and his sin wherein he made Israel to sin. So the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the prophet, unto Basha, saying, For as much as I exalted thee out of the dust, made thee prince over my people Israel, and you have walked in the way of Jeroboam, and you have made my people to sin and provoke me to anger with their sins, behold, I will take away the posterity of Basha and the posterity of house, and I'll make his house like the house of Jeroboam. So Basha's house is to be utterly wiped out. Those that die in the uh, city eaten by dogs, those that die in the fields eaten by vultures, and the rest of the acts of Basha, those that he did, are in the books of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel, again, books that we don't have. And Elah, his son, reigned in his stead. And in the 26th year, when Asa was down in Judah, Elah began to reign over Israel, and he only reigned for two years. And his servant Zimri, the captain of half of his chariots, conspired against him as he was there at Terzah, and he was drinking himself drunk in the house of Arza, the steward of the house of Terzah. And Zimri went in and smote him and killed him in the 27th year of the reign of Asa, the king of Judah. And Zimri reigned over Israel. And as soon as he sat upon the throne, he wiped out all of the house of Basha, did not leave a single one from all of the family or relatives. And thus did Zimri destroy the house of Basha according to the word of the Lord for all of the sins of Basha. Now the rest of the acts of Elah and all that he did, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. In the 27th year of Asa, the king of Judah, Zimri, remember Asa reigned for 41 years. After he had reigned 27 years, Zimri began to reign in Terzah. The people were against, camped against Gibbethon. And the people that were encamped heard Zimri hath conspired and has slain the king and all Israel made Omri, the captain of the host, king over Israel that day in the camp. And Omri went from Gibbethon and all Israel with him and he besieged Terzah. came to pass when Zimri saw the city was taken that he went into the palace of the king's house and he burnt the house down on himself. So he committed suicide having reigned for just a, a few days. And uh, Omri, uh, the captain of the host, began to reign for the sins which he sinned in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And the rest of it is all written in Chronicles of Israel, which we do not have. Then the people of Israel divided into two parts, and so there came a civil war in the northern kingdom. 
They'd already divided from the southern kingdom, and now there's a civil war going on up there. And there were those that followed Timni, and they sought to make him king, and half the people followed Omri. And the people that followed Omri prevailed against the people that followed Timni, and so Timni died and Omri reigned. And as he began to reign over Israel for 12 years, he reigned for six years in Terza, and then he bought the hill Samaria uh, from Shemer for two talents of silver, and he built on the hill and called the name of the city which he built after the name of Shemer, the owner of the hill, Samaria. But Omri wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord, did worse than all that were before him. He walked in the ways of Jeroboam, and he sinned against the Lord, and the rest of the acts of Omri are written in the books of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. So Omri slept with his fathers. He was buried in Samaria, and Ahab, his son, reigned in his stead. And in the 38th year of Asa, the king of Judah, began Ahab, and he was worse than all the rest. Honestly, the poor people, they didn't have a decent king. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel and Samaria for 22 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all that were before him. And it came to pass, if this weren't enough, to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, he took as his wife Jezebel, that wicked daughter of Ithbal, the king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built at Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. And in his days did Hael the Bethlehite build Jericho, and he laid the foundation thereof in Ibiram, his firstborn, set up the gates thereof, and his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord. Now turn back to Joshua chapter 6, verse 26. After Joshua destroyed the city of Jericho, the first city to fall as they were conquering the land. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. So Joshua said, Cursed is the man who rebuilds this city. He will lay the foundation at the time of his firstborn son, but he will set up the gates when his youngest son is born. So the prophecy of, of Joshua was fulfilled some 500 years later. Joshua uh, made that prophecy about 1451 B.C. and about 925 B.C. did Hiel from Bethel rebuild the city of Jericho and he laid the foundation at the birth of his son Abiram and he set up the gates when his youngest son, Segub, was born. And thus God's word, again, amazing prophecies fulfilled. Now, Omri built Samaria, and he died, and his son Ahab took over the wicked king, who made Samaria the capital of the northern kingdom. The ruins of Samaria are very fascinating ruins to see. You can go up on the hill that was once the city of Samaria. And you can see the ruins of Omri's palace. They are still there. And of Ahab's palace also. 
You can also see many of the ruins that were built by the Romans, who, of course, later made that one of the Roman cities. But uh, the ruins of the city of Samaria go clear on back to the time of Omri and Ahab, and you can see the ruins of their palaces still there in Samaria. When you are there, it gives you sort of a awesome feeling when you realize all of the wickedness and all of the treachery and all of the bloodshed because of the wickedness and treachery there in Samaria. You think of the sieges uh, that took place there in Samaria. And we'll be getting into some of those as we move on into 2 Kings when Samaria was uh, besieged by the Assyrians and the horrible things that happened during the times of these sieges. But uh, it is interesting that the ruins of those areas are still in, in existence today. In fact, some of the most well-preserved ruins in the Holy Land, going back to the Old Testament period, are there in the city and in the site of Samaria. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of 1 Kings on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 1 Kings 14 through 16 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you and watch over you and keep you through the week. May you be strengthened by His Spirit in your inner man. And may you, through the understanding of the Spirit, begin to comprehend how much He really loves you. The full depth of God's love for you. May He watch over you and may you find your strength help This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Undoubtedly, one of the most glaring signs that our society is in trouble is the breakdown of the family unit. Marriages just aren't making it today, and kids are suffering as they watch the breakup of their homes. Those marriages still holding together are often plagued by conflict and turmoil, making the home a battleground instead of a refuge. 
That's why The Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's Marriage and Family MP3, where Pastor Chuck discusses basic biblical principles to keep a family's love alive. Each member of the family has a different set of needs and responsibilities. And when you know and apply God's principles, everyone in the family can experience real peace, real joy, and an agape love. To order your copy of the Marriage and Family MP3 by Chuck Smith, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.